0: Why follow Jesus? The short answer, the simple answer is this, because he calls us to follow. In fact, the calling stories in the Gospels, the stories of Jesus pulling along his disciples, pulling them into his orbit with the simple words, follow me, are among the most familiar of stories. In John's gospel, according to the story we looked at last week, John the Baptist points his own disciples in the direction of Jesus, and after they spend the day with him, they are recruiting others to come along. Each new disciple grabs a couple more. In Luke's gospel, the calling happens in a boat, a little way offshore, when Jesus is preaching and then instructs the soon-to-be disciples to put out into the deep for a catch. A fishing miracle happens then, nets full to the point of breaking. And the fishermen are instantly convinced. As soon as they get to shore, they leave everything behind to follow Jesus. In the gospel accounts of Mark and Matthew, the stories are very similar. Jesus is walking along and simply calls out, follow me. And Simon and Andrew and then James and John fall into line behind him. But Matthew, in particular, tells a longer and deeper and richer story of how Jesus moves into ministry and how, even as he calls those first disciples to follow him, something more interesting and complex is beginning to happen, beginning to develop. And in the process, the why follow Jesus question gets more interesting and complex as well. So, as some groundwork, some context for considering the question, why follow Jesus, let's consider this morning's text, which is almost like a play in three acts. Act one, Jesus carries on for John. As the story for today begins, we should note that Jesus has completed his 40 days in the wilderness, his cleansing and clarifying time, and as he comes out of that time, John the Baptist has been arrested. So John is no longer on the scene pushing the repentance agenda he's been pushing for so long. In response to the news of John's arrest, Jesus goes back to Galilee, to Nazareth, in order, the scriptures say, so that he can fulfill an ancient prophecy that, quote, a great light will come out of that region, a light for people who have been sitting in deep darkness. Whether Jesus is aware that he is fulfilling a prophecy or not, he is certainly aware of his tie to John the Baptist, so much so, in fact, that he seems to just pick up where John left off. In verse 17, it says, from that time, Jesus began to proclaim, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. That's act one. Jesus carrying on for John. Offering a light in the darkness, a light that calls people out of darkness. How does he do it? Well, by trying to keep doing what John did. After all, in a crisis, and that's what John's arrest is, a crisis... What do you do? You try to keep things going. You hang on to the familiar as best you can. You carry on. John is arrested. Jesus carries on. Act 2. Jesus calls disciples. In Act 2 of this morning's scripture, there is a shift. And it's a significant shift. We may not notice it at first because it's such a familiar story, but it's actually a huge shift As I noted before, in verse 17, Jesus is continuing John's message of repentance. But then, in the next moment, as Act 2 begins, he is calling Simon Peter and Andrew to follow him. And as they lay down their nets, he says to them, Come, follow me, and I'll show you how to fish for people. Do you see the shift? It's a movement from repent for the kingdom of heaven is near to come follow me and I'll show you how to fish for people. And that's quite a change. In the repent statement, Jesus is giving instruction from arm's length. In the come and follow statement, he's pulling them in. In the repent statement, he's standing still. In the come and follow statement, he's on the move. In the repent statement, he's pointing at them. And in the come and follow statement, he's beckoning to them. And finally, this. When John called people out into the wilderness to come to the Jordan River for repentance and baptism, he was dealing with a series of individual change prospects. Each one was invited to repent and change their individual lives. But when Jesus invites his new disciples to learn how to fish for people, he is foreshadowing a community-building movement, maybe even a societal shift. Act 2, where Jesus calls disciples, represents the shift from a ministry of standing in one place and calling out a warning... To a ministry of going from place to place to place and inviting a change of heart, which leads to a change of relationship, which hopefully leads to a systemic change in culture, religion, politics, and power. Immediately after John's arrest, Jesus tells them the kingdom of heaven has come near. Now on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, he is inviting them to come and be part of kingdom change. So Jesus, as he calls his followers to follow, is going to the next level. Then Act 3, growing the call, growing the community. In Act 3, there's even more movement, which I think extends my point that in Act 2, Jesus goes to the next level. There's even more movement than when Jesus shifted the focus from individual experience to communal engagement. In Act 3, there is even more movement because Jesus is now going everywhere and meeting everyone. He's traveling throughout Galilee. He's teaching in synagogues and walking through the countryside. He's proclaiming good news and he's healing diseases. He's becoming known, not just within a small circle of those who would show up at his doorstep, but through extending his reach to a much wider circle of those who would follow him from place to place to place. And there's another shift here, and it's this. In Act 3, Jesus doesn't have to convince people that they need his message of repentance or even that they should lay down their nets and come with him. He doesn't have to get them on board All he has to do is touch people. Every place he goes, touch them with words, touch them with hands, touch them with compassion, touch them with healing. And they can't help but come along. Note what it says in verse 25. And great crowds followed him from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. I had to look up what the Decapolis is. Right? It's ten cities in the eastern part of the territory. So it's the whole region, the entire region, people from everywhere, are now coming along. It's a ministry, yes, but it's rapidly becoming a movement. So in this morning's scripture, in the course of just over a dozen verses there is this tremendous shift, this tremendous movement, this significant reprioritizing. It starts with Jesus taking over for John, replicating his posture, his message, and then it moves the message and movement from individual repentance to communal engagement, and then extends the impact from local to regional, moving from the type of engagement that is pointing at people to beckoning them from standing still to moving on. And clearly, as things move and shift, there is something super compelling about Jesus, about what he says, what he does, and how he does it. Clearly, there is something super compelling about the call to come along, to be part of, but also to go to a new level of engagement, to seek life change at every level, to find a larger means of healing and restoration. And so all these years later, here we are talking about Jesus, about his words, his ideas, his actions, his instructions, his example. Thousands of years later, and here we are still trying to be his followers, trying to figure out what it means to be his followers, trying to get it right, to find a path that takes us closer to God and brings us closer to neighbor, friend, stranger, even enemy, to walk the path that brings us closer to what is right, closer to our own healing and wholeness, here we are all these years later still feeling convinced or at least hoping to be convinced that Jesus can show us the way. Why is that? Why follow Jesus? It could be that we're just caught up in it, that the words follow me are enough for us. After all, that's what seems to have happened to Peter and Andrew and then James and John. It's certainly what seems to have happened to the crowds who come along for healing and who seem to keep coming along with him. Was it that they they got caught up in the charisma of Jesus or that they got caught up with the tangible, hands-on help that he could give them? Could be either. Could be both. But us... We are so far away from those moments, so far away from that touch, and yet it's still compelling. Jesus calls and we feel called. Jesus calls and we want to come along. Why is that? Why follow Jesus? If we return to the three acts of Scripture today, I think we might uncover a couple of reasons. In Act 1, the emphasis is on light, and we yearn for light, for awareness, for understanding, for clarity. In Act 2, the emphasis is on connection, and we yearn for real relationship In Act 3, the emphasis is on healing and transformation, and we yearn to be made whole. Why follow Jesus? Because Jesus offers the path and the promise of light and connection and healing, and those are among our deepest needs, our deepest yearnings. Why follow Jesus? Because we hope, we trust that kinship and closeness to him will give access to light, to connection, to healing. Light. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. We want to understand, to see clearly. We want to know who we are and who we can trust. We want to know what is right so we can do what is right. And Jesus is that light. In teachings and example, we find light, we find truth, clarity. We find our answer to this question, how should I live my life? Jesus is compelling because he shows us how to live with meaning and purpose. He is light. Connection. Come and follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. Will Jesus show us how to sweep others up in our nets of certainty, of control? No. To fish for people means to know how to connect with people. Come and follow me and I will show you how to be in right relationship with people to connect, to build something real between you and your sister, between you and your brother. Jesus is compelling because he invites us into the family and shows us how to continue to widen the circle of family, to include more and more of God's precious ones. He shows us how to forgive and why to forgive. He teaches us the ways of compassion caring for others, of justice, making things right for others, of service, helping others to have what they need, of peace, settling our differences with others. Jesus is compelling because he shows us how to be in good and right relationship. He is connection. Healing. Jesus went throughout Galilee proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. We are hurting. The world is hurting. There is trauma and woundedness and hurt, unfulfilled expectations, loss of hope, isolation, grief. Jesus is the great healer. He knows the power of touch. He knows the power of listening, of identifying with. He knows how important it is to listen to the one who is most often ignored. We live in a culture that is so much oriented toward pain avoidance. Why? Because we think that if we feel too much, if we hurt too much, it will overwhelm us. It may even kill us. But Jesus shows us that pain relief is not the only goal. How we understand our pain and who we seek to be with us in our pain are important things too. Jesus is compelling because he validated human pain as he experienced it himself. Experienced it but was not overwhelmed by it. He is Healing. Think about what you need, what you really need, and who can help you find it, who can walk with you in it. Light, relationship, healing. Why follow Jesus? Because that's where he's leading you toward light, toward relationship, toward wholeness. And if you need another reason, it's right here around you. These people, these good people beside you and before you and behind you, they are seeking the same things, yearning for the same things. And together we are in good company. And maybe we even make up a pretty good band of disciples. We are following Jesus and in the process together we are becoming like Jesus. Light for the world. Kindness and kinship for each other. Agents of healing. A means of healing as we feel the pain of the world take it in and help knit things back together. Why follow Jesus? Because he leads us where we've wanted to go all along. Because as we come along, we are part of a purposeful and meaning-making ministry. Because as we follow him, we are part of a body, part of a community, part of a life-giving and life-changing movement. Amen.